two, one, and we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I uh, apologize for the podcast being delayed by two hours this week. Uh, Seth Wintraub was joining me live from Arizona right now. Uh, he's drinking beer, too, so it should be an interesting podcast. A, um, kind of a last-minute trip to go test out none other than the Hummer EV uh, out of the beautiful Arizona desert. Uh, how's it going, Seth? It's, it was an amazing day. I can't even yeah. tell you guys about it. All right. We were supposed to have David from the uh, Tesla Weld podcast to start off the show uh, to uh, to talk about the event in, in Germany this week at Gigafactory Berlin, where, which he, he attended. Uh, but uh, we knew that it could be a problem because of, we had to delay the podcast by two hours. David is obviously in Germany. It's late right now. So he might join us last minute. It's not clear right now, but we are going to assume not so. Uh, so we, but we're going to still talk about the event, obviously, because uh, there was a speech from Elon that gave us some information and whatnot. So we're going to get to that in a second. But let's uh, let's start out with uh, since it's uh, extremely fresh in your mindset. Um, what you you're going to post a full first drive uh, off-roading review of the Armor EV uh, in two weeks, but you can give us your first impression just fresh off the test drive right now. Yeah. So uh, this is an incredible vehicle. Uh, you know, we've heard tons about it we've seen some drives but like we haven't gotten in it and now we have and you know it, it's quite amazing so the zero to 60 time they have their whole launch uh thing it's called watts to freedom uh which is <laughs> a little bit of a uh <clears throat> a theme there there's a little bit of a, a freedom america yeah, yeah. Tons of that stuff uh, it's also got like a moon theme so it's kind of all over the place uh, what anyway, the moon yeah, they did, uh, you know, it's like the moon colors. They've got like moon speaker grills and, um, you know, I guess GM uh, helped build the the lunar rover. Ah, okay. Um, the anyway, moon. the thing goes zero to 60 in, in three seconds. It's crazy. It, um, because it's a truck and there's a lot of uh, suspension, mm -hmm. the front kind of goes up. It's kind of kind of feels like a boat. You yeah, know, we've you, seen one Papa Willie uh, uh, on video. Yeah, so, um, you know, like, I, I don't know how often you're going to do that. It's, it's quite fun to do, um, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of videos. Uh, it's we'll like launching a house, <laughs> 0 to 60. <laughs> it is. So that, that thing is 9,000 pounds. Like, it's got a 200, over 200, like, I think 205, 204 kilowatt hour battery. So it's like two, it's over two, like, Model S batteries. It's crazy. It's, I mean, it's just a house on wheels, as you say, 9,000 pounds. But, you know, it's got a thousand horsepower, like absurd amounts of torque, um, can tow like anything. Um, plenty of range, like uh, 329 EPA, and, and it was doing better than EPA for me today. So, um, great vehicle. So, uh, yesterday we got to take it out on a little track, did the Watts to Freedom Zero to 60. Um, and you know, we got to talk to a lot of the people who built, um, the vehicle, a lot of cool stuff, just tons of like little gimmicky things, some good, some bad. Um, you know, it's got like T-tops, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, like, uh, the old like Camaros and Firebirds and Trans Ams or whatever. Are they, are they easy to remove? And is there a place in, in the, the car that's, uh, specifically fit for, for, for the tops? Yeah. So it, it was actually super easy to remove, uh, takes like 10 seconds each panel and there's four panels oh, and then you put it, there's a uh kit you can get for the frunk 
uh, which is also quite big, uh, that you can just slide them in there. And I would say it probably took less than five minutes to remove all the, the tops and put them in the, mm. in the front container. Um, and then you can actually remove the T part as well, but that takes like, you know, a, a bolt, uh, yeah. like four bolts a, in there. A wrench or something. Yeah. Um, I tried driving it on the freeway with the, uh, with the top down and it's, it's quite windy. Um, mm -hmm. It was super hot today going 85 miles per hour with a super uh, not wind resistant vehicle. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like, like a brick. Yeah. Kind of beat, beat up a little bit on the highway. So I pulled over and put this stuff mm -hmm. back on. It was, it was important, <laughs> but I got some great drone shots, which will be in the, the review, which is going to be in early April. Um, so it, it's a phenomenal vehicle. Um, I have like, I have some issues with it because like it's got a 200 kilowatt hour battery that could probably make, you know, four Tesla model, uh, model three standard range, mm -hmm. you know, like you're, you're basically taking three cars off the road. If you get one of these three electric vehicles off the road, because mm -hmm. it's such a big battery. Um, well, they won't, they won't make that much. I mean, especially not for, for, for now, like right. if, if you, people remember the, uh, the Hummer EV as a, Uh, a very strict schedule where right now they're only delivering the, the launch model. And I don't know if you talked, were you able to, to get them to say how many they delivered so far, but based on the recall from last, a few weeks ago, it looks like they delivered only 10 as of the they end said of they January. Were, they were going to cross the hundred barrier around now. So okay. that, may, that would make sense. Yeah. So, um, and they said they're going to, have a thousand by the end of the year or they're going to be in the thousands by the end of the year yeah because they're moving away from the launch edition to the same thing as the launch edition but n not officially launch edition and then the smaller lower battery pack less motor version are going to come next year and the base version only comes in 2024 if i remember correctly right yeah and uh they were actually saying that the battery size is going to be the same they're just going to have You know, smaller wheels and and the range is actually going to go up towards 400 miles so but even for the base version are they going to have the 205 kilowatt hour battery pack uh, no i don't know about the base version they, they, the base version have, it starts at like 80 i think something like that, yeah so. i think they're going to have a few uh trim models um and then you know there's the the interior of that is it's just like really nice inside mm -hmm. i mean it's a hundred fifty thousand dollar car right like it's going to be to the nines um You know, I, I, I kind of think like on, on a high level, this is just a halo electric car. Um, it's it's kind of what the Roadster was a little bit like, you know, it better than any internal combustion engine truck. Um, and that's I, I think that's the big point. And, you know, people can people that can afford this, maybe it's their fifth or eighth car. You know, it's probably not going to save the world, but I think uh the fact that the best truck in the world they call it the super truck and i kind of mm -hmm. agree with them on this um the best truck in the world is electric i think that's great um i should want to say one more thing um probably the coolest part about it is the four-wheel steering um mm -hmm. uh, going off-roading with four-wheel steering like hitting turns and stuff mm -hmm. it is like never had an experience like that before Um, so is it a mode that you activate and then it, it does it automatically as you optimize it so on the software basis while you drive? Yep. And um, you can lock out the back if you want, or you can have it uh, turn as much as the mm -hmm. front wheels or a little bit more or a little bit less. Um, there's a lot of like intelligence. And of course, you can do the crab walk 
which is kind of like going diagonal. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that's kind of a gimmick. Yeah. And you know, even GM says that. So, mm. but I, the the four wheel steering is the real deal. Like you can turn that thing really in a small. But so, way. how's the off roading though? Because again, it is a nine thousand pound vehicle. So that's so hard on the on the suspension when when yeah. you're like and there it seems to be significant travel on that suspension. So I don't know what kind of it's, it has to be. It's not a half to shelf type of thing. That they have no, to custom was... build something insane. You know, I actually asked that exact question and they were like, yeah, there's, there's nothing too crazy about this. And he was like, remember, we build very big vehicles. Um, and I was like, OK, so, you know, they, like F-350, 350, whatever. Not, oh, that's Ford. Well, that's Ford, but yeah. Yeah. You know, that that yeah. kind of they build those kind of vehicles. So but are those like are those the biggest gas powered pickup trucks from GMC or the are the 9000 pound? I'm, I'm just not that familiar with the, the pickup truck at that level, but. 9,000 pounds is a big vehicle. I mean, that's like a cement <laughs> truck. Yeah, I mean, 200 pounds. That, well, which begs a question because the the I mean, I, I'm I'm sure that the Roadster, if it ever comes out, it's going to be nothing like the original one that came out, but that that was unveiled. But the the one that was unveiled that you, you test drove, well, not test drove, you uh, got the zero to sixty ride in it. That was supposed to have a 205, a 200 pound, uh, not 200 pound, 200 kilowatt hour battery pack in it. Yeah. So know. how much did that thing weigh then? I don't know. Obviously, it's a much smaller vehicle too at the same time. But it, but how much of the Hummer's weight is in the the excessiveness of the of the vehicle versus just having a giant battery pack? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if the Roadster really had a mm. 200 watt hour battery or mm. kilowatt hour battery pack in it. Mm. I mean, maybe they had special mm. small cells. I don't know. But um, the Hummer, the I mean, it's like like a foot thick battery pack it's like two packs on top of each other but that was that was, that's what they said about the roadster they said it was two packs on top that's of true. each other yeah. yeah maybe they just did it tighter or something mm -hmm. um yeah on the on the hummer you can see like it's it's definitely a big pack um you know they have like cutaway versions of it and you know it's it's basically like two cadillac lyric packs on top of each other and they, they, uh, they have Altium modules. Um, there's 24 in there and there's 12 in the Cadillac. Um, and, you know, like something like the Bolt will get like four. So. And the huge so, pouch cells, right? What's that? The huge uh, pouch cells? Yeah, I think they're the LG pouch cells. I don't know. We didn't get a look at them specifically, but I think they're like the prismatic ones. All right. Well, we are uh, we're gonna keep an eye out for for that for that review to come out uh, first or second week of April. You said, yeah. All right. We're gonna have all the details, all the pictures, and whatnot. Uh, but let's uh, let's jump into uh, what we were supposed to talk about with David uh, the uh, the event from Tesla earlier this week at Gigafactory Berlin. So it was a significant moment for Tesla. It was the the launch of the first German made European made Tesla vehicles. Um, of course, Tesla had in the past uh, assembled, did the final assembly on uh, the Model S and X in Europe at their Tilburg factory in the Netherlands. But that was really for tax reasons and very <laughs> minimal assembly was done there. This is a, a car built from the ground up uh, in uh, Germany outside of Berlin. And uh, Elon was there for for the event. He did a little speech, which uh, gave us some information. Um, and um, he, he end delivered about thirty cars, I think it was, 
I don't know how many was delivered total, but uh, that's uh, one thing I would have uh, liked to ask uh, David if at the event itself I were able to get any information on kind of production capacity uh, because uh, they they haven't said anything in the uh, actual presentation for it. But some of the interesting things that came out of um, Elon's speech, because he did two speeches, he did a little short speech when they actually end over the car. Then he went outside and did a speech that sounded that was more about uh, the employees there. So one was for employees and, and the customers, and then it was a little celebration for the employees for the start of production, which has been a tough thing to achieve, obviously, in Germany. There was a lot of setbacks uh, trying to get the final building approval and the, uh, the uh, environmental approval. But they finally did it, and now they, uh, they are apparently completely in the clear for the first phase of the factory, which includes production uh, capacity of uh, up to 500,000 cars uh, annually. And also, uh, I don't know if they set an amount on the battery cells they can produce there, but uh, they, they have at least part of the production capacity for the cells. I think it might be 50 gigawatt hour, which would make sense with the capacity of vehicles that they plan to produce there. But Elon, uh, speaking of batteries, Elon uh, did uh, answer some questions from employees. Uh, and one of the questions was about um, the uh, materials, Tesla's sourcing of materials for battery cells, which is a big concern lately, especially with what's happening with nickel and, and lithium too. Lithium hydroxide, just like <laughs> the prices are good. Well, people focus too much on one <laughs> materials and then the other, the background just keeps going up at the same time. It's uh, it's something to keep an eye on. But uh, with what happened in Nick, with nickel in the, in Russia, and uh, uh, Elon kind of laid out, he reiterated basically is Tesla's plan, which seems to be everyone's plan at this point, uh, which is going to be to focus on LFP, on, on, on iron phosphate uh, cathode for the um, lower range vehicle, the standard, they call it Tesla called standard range. Uh, and then if you want to have longer range, it's going to be a nickel based cathode. And but then he added that he sees, uh, I think there's an interesting potential for manganese. And the way he said it, he said it as a third option. So there would be an iron phosphate option, a cathode, a manganese cathode, and then a nickel-based cathode. Because, of course, manganese can already be in, uh, you can mix a nickel cattle and a manganese cattle um, cathode. That's NMC, basically. That's that's what NMC is, uh, NMC Magic Chemistry. Uh, but you can play with the percentage of that that is manganese. Or you can have a 100% manganese cattle, too. Uh, I, I I think the first or the one of the first regeneration of the leaf and 100% manganese uh, cathode, uh, which can get you a decent range, too. Uh, but the way that Elon was talking about it, uh, he, he was saying that, there would be a new version of it that could probably fit in between the uh, higher density, which probably always going to be nickel, um, and then the lower capacity, which uh, is going to be iron phosphate. So something to keep an eye on. I looked at Tesla's um, patents, and I didn't see anything specific about the uh, manganese battery or with the Tesla's re battery research group in Canada, but it's something to keep an eye on for the future for sure. Uh, another comment that he made there was about the colors. That's something that he's been talking about for um, a long time, that the Gigafactory Berlin is going to have the most advanced paint shop in the world. So now production has started, so 
show us what you got i think production has started but uh so far we've only seen the i think i think the all the first vehicle that were delivered were all black and looks like the same black that the tesla produced in china and fremont uh, but elon uh, did comment on that and he said that the new colors are coming in the next few months uh, starting with uh, the the red here that uh, is on this personal car he added that it's going to be a 13 layer red and uh, that's what creates the dimensionality of the of the color the deepness of it uh, we we reported a few months ago that uh, tesla added three colors to the, its app the deep crimson multicode so we think that's going to be it um, then Elon at the event this week also said that the silver is going to he called it the quicksilver he said that it's not going to be as many layered as the of the red one probably seven or eight but it's still going to feel um, to have uh, a lot of dimensionality so basically especially when the different lighting situation uh, it's going to look good so this he called this one a quicksilver in the uh, app leak there was a mercury silver metallic that was mentioned so maybe that's it uh, but there was also an abyss blue multicode that was mentioned and elon didn't mention that during his speech but yeah, he said I mean, it's yeah. mercury is called quicksilver so it makes sense oh yeah it is oh good call um yeah you said you said the quicksilver liquid silver um but yeah so that's uh that's coming he, he did mention that because th that's something that tesla has been um criticized for in the past where there's not many option for colors on this car, it used to be a lot more option on the Mall S early on, but Tesla cut those down. And Elon reiterated why he said it's a service issue. He says when you make a new color, you don't just have to think about making that color look good and uh, be good for a long time. You have to service that color over time if there's repairs to be done, everything, and that's uh, you need to do that for for years and years and years. So you need to think about what kind of impact it's going to have your new service team. So he made it sound like new colors are going to be somewhat limited in the future. Um, something to keep in mind. I mean, it's more room for wraps. It's going to be uh, going to wrap yeah, your car. Yeah, business is going to be big, right? Yeah, especially with a Cybertruck, which is going to have even fewer color option. And by fewer, I mean none. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the last thing that he did mention, uh, not much to do with Berlin, though, was uh, the Cybertruck. So we kind of knew that already, but he clarified the timeline because the last time that he gave an update on the timeline, he was quite vague about it. It was, uh, of course, at this project roadmap update that we were supposed to get in the last earning, which uh, was barely anything, really. All he did say was, like, we're not going to launch any new cars in 2022 because of uh, limitation in uh, chip supply. We're going to focus on ramping up Model 3, Model Y. And then he said at the time that, uh, the the Cybertruck would hopefully come next year if all goes well, which is a, a big ask. Uh, so now at the event this week, what he said is that uh, Tesla is aiming to complete the development of the Cybertruck this year in order to be ready for production next year. So this is, uh, again, this is a clearer comment about starting production next year, but there's been rumors about Tesla aiming for a start of Cybertruck production early in 2023. So that would work with that comment since complete development this year be ready for production next year uh, be ready for next year so people sort of uh, uh trying to infer that he's talking about early next year but again this is still just a, a rumor i think but yeah tesla need the cyber truck sooner rather than later that's that's for sure because uh i mean you've just been in a electric pickup truck today yep. ford looks like it's going to stick to its plan to launch it later this year the, the lightning 
Rivian is slowly but surely ramping up. Yeah. Um, so and Ford greatly uh, improve its uh, production well its plan for production capacity so that there's going to be more truck next year when Tesla just starts its launch cyber truck. But that's where uh, the Tesla fans still see Tesla as an advantage is that no one is better at ramping up EV production as Tesla, which is which is true so far. So maybe that Tesla can still be first to volume production of electric pickup truck. Maybe. Of course, that depends what you consider volume production because right. Rivian is already producing them uh, a few thousands a quarter at this point. So uh, I don't know. Uh, probably that's probably not volume production. Was it was it thousand a week? Is it volume production? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Um, let's move on. Oh, yeah, the uh, master plan part three, that was a big part of what we were talking about last week. Elon announced that. We were giving our own impression on what it could be about. This week, he did uh, comment on what is going to be the focus on the master plan part three. He said it's going to be to scaling to an extreme size. That was going to be the focus. But he also said that, um, so about Tesla, he said the main, main Tesla subjects will be Scaling to extreme size, which is needed to shift humanity away from fossil fuels and AI. I don't, I don't know how. Uh, so, okay, and AI is a separate subject. It's not to shift humanity to AI, right? My punctuation uh, English grammar so. is not perfect, so I don't know. But I think the way you wrote that, it's to mean the subjects are going to be scaling to extreme size, which is going to be needed to shift humanity away from fossil fuel, and another subject is going to be AI. So we were talking about Tesla bot, Optimus, Tesla Optimus being a big part of the subject. So I think that's going to be it. Of course, with FSD is going to be the first application of Tesla's AI. Uh, but then scaling to an extreme size, I think that's going to be about supply chain, which is on everyone's mind, not just in the automotive industry, but in everything. But in the automotive industry, through the transition to electric vehicle uh, and specifically battery-powered electric vehicle, it's it's a giant giant new supply chain that needs to be created. Well, it is being created, but it's like we've been saying for years. People have been underestimating the take rate of electric vehicle adoption massively, and now with the rise in gas prices, with Tesla being extremely successful, with new vehicle program like the Ford F one fifty Lightning, just in the space of six months, they doubled it and then tripled it. Like people are seeing, okay, something is happening right now. The shift is happening much faster than people thought. We're gonna need to build that supply chain a lot faster. So I think we're gonna what we're gonna see is gonna see all the way down the line to new mining operation that's gonna be need to be financed. Uh, all the processes after that to create once you mine the lithium, you have to uh, uh, transform into lithium hydroxide. It's a whole process. Uh, same thing for nickel. Yeah, nickel. It's not all the nickel that's uh, battery grade too. So you have to uh, uh, mine battery grade nickel and then transform it. it there's there's going to be a lot of things that need to happen. So I think Tesla's going to build out, laid out a better plan, which it kind of did at Battery Day uh, in 2020, though it wasn't a focus. The focus was obviously 4680 and the manufacturing and design aspects of that cell to to make it um, a big part of Tesla's supply chain. There was some part about mining. Tesla was getting into mining. We haven't heard much about that front since then. 
but I think it's going to be on a much bigger scale. And we've seen it lately. We've seen Tesla made a lot of contracts lately with junior mining companies, something they wouldn't necessarily do in the in the past. In the past, Tesla has been playing itself safe. Vail, Glencore, BHP, those giant companies that um, produce those minerals. Uh, but now lately, Tesla, is, you can see Tesla is thinking about long term. All right, let's let's give some contracts to those junior mining companies that are in the process of building out a mine so that with those contracts, they can then find financing because they know that, oh, there's an offtake agreement with Tesla. Tesla is a fairly secure company. Like they say, they're going to buy all batteries that they can they can get. So uh, it, it's safe to say that if they can supply it, they, Tesla will buy it. So those offtake agreements are, are, are like money in the bank for those mining companies. And they can go, okay, then I can get financing for, I guess it's a capital extensive business like i mean i follow it closely and you you, you see it uh it, companies that are trading right now on public markets for 20 30 million dollars that have mining mining rights with feasibility feasibility studies that the mine could be worth like billions of dollars but to get it there you you need to invest another billion of dollars so how do you oh a 20 million to let's say 200 million dollar company gets a billion dollar for a business that doesn't exist yet it's super hard to do but if you have enough take agreement like that from tesla from lg from panasonic then you get things rolling so i think there's going to be a lot more of that happening because otherwise that forty-two thousand dollar per ton price of nickel is not going to budge uh it's only going to go up what are some so we learned uh tesla was going to do a, a manganese battery what are some uh, smaller com or just companies that focus on manganese? manganese? Well, you have a lot of... Uh, Vail is, I think, the biggest, if one of the biggest, if not the biggest producer of, of manganese in the world right now. Um, it also produces a ton of iron, a ton of nickel. It's a giant, giant company. Um, but there's a lot of... So people are thinking about localization too. So now Tesla has a gigafactory in Texas, Nevada, they have Fremont. There's not a lot of production in the U.S. Uh, around those those places of, of manganese or every other mineral that you need to make a battery. So the, the important thing also is, is let's try to encourage local production to minimize logistic costs and also environmental costs that come with it. Uh, the problem, I, won't, I won't, I'm, I'm not going to be naming like those small companies that try to do that. I, I, I don't think it's worth it, but you can do your research and there's, there's, there's plenty of them. Um, but there's a chance that Tesla might uh, give them contracts in, in, in the future. But right now, uh, the safer bets are definitely the Vail and the BHP of this world. Uh, BHP, B, B, yeah, BHP. All those acronyms. All right. Uh, Ertz is adding the Model Y to uh, its fleet after adding the Model 3. You remember that big 100,000 orders of Model 3s? Uh, actually, it was an order of Model Threes and Model Y. <laughs> so the uh, I think I think Hertz maybe have um, pulled the trigger a little bit too soon on that announcement. <laughs> if you remember, like they, they did that, and then they're like, "We're gonna get all the cars by the end of 2022." And then Tesla was like, uh, "Are you? <laughs> like, I'm not so sure about that because we're not gonna give you any deal. You're gonna get them as uh, as we can make them." So I, I think uh, Hertz wised up a little bit. But uh, now they confirmed that the deal 
for 100,000 Model 3s is actually 100,000 Model 3s and Model Y, which they're going to start taking delivery of in the coming weeks. Uh, they're already listing them on their website. And um, I've, been, I've been looking because I'm going to the U.S. next month and I, 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 uh, I'm going to need a, a car. And I've been looking at Hertz as an option, but uh, it's it's hard to find them. I mean, it looks like they have some of them, but because uh, they well, they definitely have some of them, but it looks like they're booked uh, way ahead of time. Yeah, and they probably focus in markets like San Francisco and, and California, generally yeah. speaking, um, yeah, yeah. that's where people really want to drive EVs, and there's lots of infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but right now, you can choose from both the Model 3 and the Model Y on the website, even though uh, Model Y, they're only starting to take delivery in the coming weeks. But like, if you're a company like Hertz, I think you, you take everything you can get at this point because you're not losing any money on those cars, basically. It's, it's, it's that the market is that crazy right now, so... If you can buy them, buy them, and uh, they just so happen like uh, you would think that they probably only would buy Model Three base Model Threes uh, as a rental car. But if 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 you can get the long range, get the long range, and uh, you're gonna get your money's worth. You can you can sell it back in in a few months, and you get the same price basically for it. All right, we're gonna move on from Tesla news, but uh, just before we move on, just a reminder that. Uh, at the end of the show, we're going to take your questions. So if you have a question right now, you can put them in the comment section right now. If you can put them in all caps or uh, with question in all caps before the question, that would be helpful for us to get through them. But uh, let us know if you have any specific question or topic you want us to discuss at the end of the show, and we will. Uh, we just have a few more news items to get through before that, starting with the F-150 Lightning. Last week, we discussed the standard range version getting the um, its APA readings. Now, the, all the different versions got the EPA ratings. Well, I say all the different versions. It's, there's a lot of different trims, but uh, really, it's uh, it's about the, the battery pack. So you have the standard range battery pack, um, and, and then you have the extended range battery pack. That's all they, they, they do it. Uh, so the, the first one, they were aiming for a standard range to have 230 miles of range, which it did. We reported last week. So that was the, for the pro version of the trims. Uh, the... You can also get it in XLT version and in Lariat version uh, for the standard battery pack. So those all get 330 miles of range. So that's done. Uh, the extended range version, you can get it for the Pro, but that's for fleet only, so commercial only. So that gets uh, 20 more miles than expected. So they were aiming for 300 miles. It gets 320 miles of range, uh, EPA-rated range. So... So for the again the pro that's just the, the fleet only, uh, and that's uh, the least expensive way to get the ex extended range. Otherwise, they make you add a bunch of option on it. Like I said, it was if you want for the consumer version, if you want the extended range, uh, you gotta pay like I think it starts at seventy five thousand dollars something like that. So the XLT gets three hundred and twenty miles of range too, twenty more miles than expected. Lariat. 220 more miles and then you get the platinum version uh, that gets 300 miles so uh, you lose some efficiency I would assume that uh, it comes with uh, larger uh, wheels probably yeah <clears throat> that would definitely bring down the uh, range yeah especially the bigger the vehicle but yeah uh, Jim Farley thanked its uh, engineering team for beating expectations Again, it's not clear when the core exactly is going to be delivered, but uh, it's uh, it, it should be uh, sooner rather than later, especially if it's already got its EPA rating. Um, 
The Lyric also is going to get delivered soon, though they're still being kind of vague about that. Uh, but production officially, uh, officially started this week in Tennessee. The first uh, Cadillac Lyric uh, are, are rolling off the production line right now. Um, like we reported previously, this the, the, the when when they opened the orders, they claimed they have sold out in 19 minutes or something like that. But they never actually said how many they were gonna the how many they open up for reservation. So it's it's basically meaningless. Now what they're saying is that they are reopening the orders in May. So between now the production starting and whenever they start deliveries, which is the haven't confirmed yet, but we expect it's sometime between now and May. You're gonna start deliveries, and that's only gonna be to the people to the people that reserved during those 19 minutes, and uh, then in May they're gonna start opening up orders for uh, for f anyone right now that that want one, and and that might be a decent amount of people because uh, it's a it's a nice looking car, nice looking car at a decent price with uh, all the 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 Altium technology that we talked about earlier. And it's gonna be a good test for. Uh, for Cadillac, because GM seems to be pushing for Cadillac to uh, be some kind of flagship EV brand for them. Because after the Lyric, is the Celestic that's coming too? Celestique, yeah. Celestique. Uh, the, the Lyric is a really interesting vehicle because like, it's clear that they didn't... Um, you know, Initially, GM started with the Bolt, right? And that's obviously not a super high-end car. And then they... like You can tell with the the Hummer and the Lyric and, you know, the Celestique eventually that they've shifted their plan from the cheapest cars to the most expensive cars. Um, just, just a show note. Uh, we're going to have uh, David come in after this uh, next story. So oh, the, okay, uh, okay. actually at the end. So All right. uh, for UPS, I'll let him know. Okay. He's up late. He's up late. Uh, all right, the uh, Polestar also got a new vehicle in production uh, or actually in deliveries this week. So the Polestar 2, but with the, the single motor, long-range long version. So uh, actually with the single motor, you, you there's it's more efficient and you get a longer range out of the vehicle. So the, um, the EPA range is 270 miles on a single charge, uh, which is this version. Scooter, uh, Scooter Doll from Electric. Uh, the he, uh, got a first drive in it. That in black looks pretty, pretty damn good. That's oh, pretty nice. Yeah, it's a good looking car. Um, he got the first drive in, in the vehicle. Uh, favorable uh, impression. Uh, the he, he hit the EP range on it, and you, you get a much uh, more interesting uh, starting price here at forty forty five thousand dollars and nine hundred, so forty six thousand dollars, which uh, brings you to the price of the. Um, of the mold three, basically of the base mold three, though. What what's the range of the base mold three? Uh, high two hundreds. Um, but remember also, Polestar hasn't hit their uh, uh, federal oh, yeah. tax credit. You get seventy five hundred back, and then. So yeah, uh, basically the same range, two sixty seven. So yeah, it's the the. Polestar's long range is Tesla standard range, to be honest. But to be fair, but 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 still, it's uh, it's not as efficient of a vehicle. There's no doubt about that. But pricing wise, you uh, you, you cannot get better. Like you said, with the seventy five hundred, this is uh, basically a forty thousand dollar car. Um, nice and, one. and these days, uh, you, 
cost of operation when you take that into account it starts to become a very nice deal uh, you can go on the electric website to read uh, scooter's full uh, impression of the long range rear wheel drive version of the polestar all right we're gonna end the stories before going to david uh with the um what's happening with the usps fleet transition right now this is a story that we've been covering for for a year now really because uh, if you remember last year the postal services things okay on your side i would keep giving something some feedback oh no i think yeah yeah good all right um the um usps the postal service is in the middle of a program that they call what do they call that program the next generation delivery vehicle it's uh, it's a program to uh, update their fleet with a fifty thousand dollar vehicle fifty thousand dollars fifty thousand units uh order and uh, they placed it last year with oskosh uh, a defense contractor in the us and we were expecting it was 2021 updating their their fleet postal delivery vehicle it's short routes plan routes so you know exactly um the mileage every day 2021 they have to be updating their fleet to electric vehicle but then when they actually placed the order they were like 50,000 vehicle 10 percent 5,000 of them are going to be electric uh obviously it drew a lot of criticism from uh, everyone with some common sense basically and uh there was a lot of pressure of course th this is a decision by uh, a gentleman called louis de joy uh, and the <laughs> we, we we people in the u.s call postmaster general um it's a, a strange title and uh mr DeJoy is a controversial figure he was appointed by donald trump which that alone is enough to make you controversial but his credentials were, were controversial too the, the guy is the first postmaster general in decades to have no experience whatsoever uh, at the postal service he has experience in logistics company though uh, but that experience is also controversial because he has a shady past in those company with some uh, dealings that are controversial. And uh, he was also a Republican fundraiser. And there was some controversies in that, too, where he uh, I mean, any kind of political fundraising is kind of shady, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, the, his kind was uh, a, a little sprinkle on top a little bit. So the, the guy. Um, so with all the pressure since Biden administration took over and Biden administration uh, did um, a presidential executive order to move the federal fleet to electric vehicles, including, the, of course, the USPS is included in that. Uh, so the, but the, since the contract was already placed, they couldn't actually reverse it completely. But from that pressure and the EPA also getting involved, because here's the thing, the, the Oscosh vehicle that they're getting is barely more efficient than the one that the USPS is using right now, which dates back to 1988. Uh, it gets at 8.2 miles per gallon. The new vehicle, which is 40 years younger, <laughs> gets 8.6 miles per gallon with AC, 14.7 uh, without AC. Uh, why we need to do the, the, the distinction is because the, the current ones don't have AC, so it's only 8.2. So now when you don't need to have climate control you, you you're going to be a lot more efficient but i mean in the summers or in the winter they're going to hide they're going to they're going to use that climate control there's no doubt about if it if it's there they're going to use it so they, you're going to get eight, like 0.4 miles per gallon better uh, with those new vehicles so there was this whole pressure happening in the last few months and 
uh, today or yesterday, they actually announced that they updated the order with Oshkosh uh, to a stunning 10,000 electric vehicles instead. So they doubled the number of electric vehicles as part of the order. Uh, but uh, people are still obviously disappointed that uh, it, it's not going to be really, they could do the full order probably on electric vehicles. Uh, as part of the announcement yesterday, there was a mention that uh, there's an option to increase the mix of BEVs. Uh, and the language here that they use, it should additional funding become available from internal or other sources, and if the use case of BEV continues to improve. So that's that. There's two part to that. The, the two factors are going to involve. They think that they don't have the money to buy BEVs. It sounds like so. There's a funding issue, which has never been exactly clear uh, before. So they just brought that up right now. Uh, and also separately, that has nothing to do with money. They say that the BEV use case is not there. Uh, which is completely untrue, and that's not just from an EV fan here, but even the uh, Inspector General's office did, throughout this whole ordeal, they ordered a study of uh, the routes from the USPS, and they found out that 99% of the routes currently being serviced by USPS can be uh, done by electric vehicles. So that's completely untrue. And uh, so it's all about the cost then, then that may be true. Like the USPS has had funding issues for, for years. But my understanding is that with the current gas prices, you, you probably cannot afford to not have electric vehicles and not the other way around. So, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I wonder if they've even taken into consideration the whole total cost of ownership return on investment, because, you know, the upfront cost is obviously going to be cheaper with a, you know, internal combustion although it doesn't sound like much cheaper. Um, it's funny to me though, that they only went with this one company. They didn't like, you know, usually government big companies put, yeah. put it up into two, but you know, it, it seems shady from the beginning. I'm, I'm surprised it's still, still happening at all, but. Yeah, it, it looks like it's set in stone with the contract. Like since they, they, they cannot like the, it looks just like a PR job right now to calm everybody down a little bit. Like, oh, we, we doubled the EV order, but. There's not much they can do. Uh, there's there might be some investigations going on right now. The there's, there's several government officials have 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 asked the SEC to um, uh, look at some suspicious trades that happened to Hoskosh stock just before days before the announcement from the uh, um, uh, from the USPS about them receiving the order. And I mean, we cannot link that directly to the joy, of course, but the joy has had his own issues with, with investment since uh, taking over the USPS because he had to divest from a bunch of companies that are direct competitors with USPS. Uh, and then as soon as he took over power, USPS, he started gutting the postal service. So, so it's strange when you have a big investor that had tens of millions of dollars in um, logistic companies that do the exact same job at USPS and then he takes over and the <laughs> anyway all right let's um let's move on to a, a more joyful story uh we have uh, David here uh, thank you thanks a lot David for joining us uh I know it's probably late right now where you are in Germany are you in Germany or Germany right now uh, David yes I'm in Germany okay hi how are uh, you Good, good, good. Um, David was at uh, Gigafactory Berlin this week for the uh, the launch event for the Model Y, the Made in Germany, Made in Europe Model Y. Uh, so uh, I guess we, we already discussed it earlier on the on the show, like the announcement that Elon made and everything. But uh, uh, it would be good for uh, us to get your um, 
like boots on the ground opinion of the event and how it went down and everything yeah sure um thanks for having me um yeah first of all it, it was an event uh, which was really uh, had a lot of attention in germany in terms of um yeah co coverage and also politicians um who were there I guess you maybe you might might have talked about it, but uh, there was the German Chancellor. I was quite surprised mm -hmm. that he was there actually. Um, so that is like the President Biden uh, would show up for the opening of Giga Texas. And yes, and there was also the the Vice Chancellor Robert Habeck, um, and. Um, yeah, so uh, of course all the state politicians from the state of Brandenburg, um, they were super proud that they uh, achieved finally achieved the the opening of the factory. Uh, took long enough, still mm -hmm. quite fast for German standards, to be honest. But uh, yeah, that was um, a team that I was getting from the the German media, like everyone. It, everyone here and probably in the Tesla community in Germany too were like this it can it cannot happen soon enough but from the broader German population it, it sounds like and correct me if I'm wrong where people were like wow they did it in two years that's that's actually pretty good yeah yeah especially yeah, compared to the airport good. next door is like 12 years or something yeah exactly <laughs> and uh, no it, it was quite fast and it was if, I mean mostly thanks to tesla because they took all the risk uh, by building the whole factory without a permit so they just took the risk um all on on themselves and of course they had uh, the local support of the local government there who were really fighting to get that through and uh, despite of all the red tape you always hear about germany they were really ambitious to uh, uh, they had even a tesla task force uh, signed up for only for pushing this, this factory and uh, you could see uh, in their faces how proud they were you know there was the minister of economy from brandenburg he uh, put off his tie at some point and he put on a tesla giga factory t-shirt so mm -hmm. uh, like really elon style yeah so over his mm -hmm. white shirt and uh, he was just the happiest man on uh, <laughs> on earth i felt uh, i was talking to him quickly and uh, yeah they were super proud yeah, well, it felt like the because you, you said you were surprised to see the chancellor there and everything. Uh, it, it felt to me like the Brandenburg officials were very much involved in the in the whole process. So it, it, it feels like the they they got the ball rolling and everything, and then now the the, the federal at the federal level they're coming down when when everything is done. They're like, hey, good job, you, you got it done. Yeah, of course. It feels like that. Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the politicians on the state level, I think they completely understood how important that is for their for their state, for the state of Brandenburg. When uh, they had the press conference uh, where they officially uh, gave the permit to Tesla, or after they gave the permit to Tesla, they were saying it's like we won the lottery. You know, that for them it's yeah, a lottery win this factory because they understand how. How much work this will bring to to their yeah to their area, and uh, Tesla told us on the I, I did actually the factory tour. I was quite uh, privileged to to be with a small group of press people on the factory tour, and they told us there that uh, already right now there are three thousand five hundred people working in the factory, and the, which makes Tesla the third biggest uh, company in the state of Brandenburg already. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and, and they're uh, aiming for like 12,000 or something like that? Yes, for the first phase, they said. So that is for this uh, famous 500,000 cars capacity per year. Um, there are going to be 12,000 people working at Tesla. So you got a factory tour also during the, what was it called? Like the GigaFest? Was that, was that, uh, yeah, I think so. Already. Yes, so when, exactly. When was that? Um, wow, that's a good question. That was in September mm. or something. September, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but okay. So anyway, how uh, did did you see a significant changes? And I would assume so, and because you did, did a tour there and, yes. and a, a tour now. I mean, so how biggest, much changes did you? Yeah, the biggest difference is that right now the production is running, so it's way more busy. Back then at GigaFest, there there were still some areas um, which were quite empty, or where you could see uh, they they just. Yeah, they show the production line, but uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. And now it's finished, and it's uh, you could just see everybody very busy, uh, production line running, and it was great to see. Actually, very happy yeah, that I could see that. Did 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 it give you any idea of the current production capacity at the at the factory, or how the ramp up is going to be like? No, they, they were they were very careful of <laughs> what they communicate. I mean, the, the biggest takeaway for me was uh, maybe uh, one uh, number that I haven't heard before. Um, and that was that the phase one for the Giga Berlin means also 50 gigawatt hours output of cells. Yeah. So that was a number that I didn't know before. Uh, I think it has, um, you know, Toby Lind, it's a YouTuber who did a lot of uh, drone footage from Giga Berlin. Um, uh, and he, uh, he, told me that uh, it was apparently in the applications for the yeah, factory, but uh, yeah. And uh, the second thing, which I was very surprised and happy to see was um, that they already started building a second body line. So we have to be a bit careful here. It's not a second model Y production line, but just um, yeah, a second line for the body assembly, actually. Okay. And, um, and that wasn't something that uh, was there at GigaFest at all. And uh, I um, think uh, Troy Teslaik, uh, that you know from Twitter, I'm sure, he uh, he thinks that it's uh, for the 46 to 80 cells, actually. Yeah, because they are producing the car now with the 2170, which which is something that they weren't sure about the last the last time you were you were on for the after the Giga Fest they they were still not sure now they confirm it's at 2170 uh yeah it, it could it could make sense yeah that if if uh, they could need a new different body for the uh, model Y with the 4680 so did it was there any discussion about that of like where are they getting the cells now and I assume that's too much in the in the weeds for, yes of course um, we we asked yeah. um they said they didn't know actually what mm. they they didn't want to share. They just said it finally doesn't matter really matter because uh, of course the cells have the same more or less the same specs and uh, so they, mm. they they were very careful <laughs> what to share and what not to share. Um, but I think it's uh, my personal opinion is that they uh, they get the full packs from Shanghai and uh, and yeah. That's where the packs come come from now, and it was also very clear that there's not the structural battery pack happening right now. So the cars who come off the line are with the old, uh, yeah, the old way to build the car, and and that was also something interesting they shared is that in the stamping press, they will also um, make the frame for the 
4680 batteries, you know, for the battery pack. So that will be stamped there. And uh, this will come in a couple of months, they said. Oh yeah, they, okay. They, so they did give somewhat of a timeline for when they're going to shift production to the to the structural battery pack. In, yes, in a but few very months. vaguely, and they said in a few months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that would make sense too. Elon also said in a few months they're going to start the new paint production, and, and, and so maybe they can because that, that that's been my thinking for for a while now. So with Berlin, it, it does make sense that they don't need to sell a, a new car because it's the same configuration with the twenty one seventy cells and everything. But for for the new Model Y with the forty six eighty cells, and, and even the, even when they're gonna have new new car colors and everything, they're gonna have to put a new version of that on the website. Like people are not, it's not like you buy right now a long range Model Y, and uh, unless they can match the spec like perfectly to 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 the current version, that that would make sense. But I don't, I just don't see that happening. So for the new version, they're gonna have to start selling again okay, a new. Model Y Berlin version that's uh, made with the 4680 cells that gets I don't know a little bit more range, a little bit less range, a different price. I, I don't know. Uh, same thing with with uh, Texas, which we haven't seen yet, despite being them being pretty close to production. As it looks like since the EPA of the uh, of the um, what they're calling now the mid range Model Y is coming out. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on from 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 Berlin too when that comes out. Uh, anything else that stood out from the event? It looks the 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 morale. The, the people seem uh, the Tesla employees seem, the morale seems to be quite high. They were uh, well, obviously it's a big moment for them, but it's, uh, people uh, seems enthusiastic about uh, the prospect of working there. Absolutely, I it, it was awesome to see that uh, people were also very happy that it's starting now. You know, like there were some people were really moved uh, uh, by um, by seeing the first production cars coming off the line and uh, the event itself was was for the Tesla employees it was not mm. not really of course there were some people who got the first 30 cars and they were able to bring some friends um, there were some people from the Tesla owners club the, or the German Tesla owners club but uh, it was mostly Tesla folks there and um, and it was just awesome to see that we we were able to talk to some of them, and uh, yes, they were saying like everybody's helping each other out, and uh, it's they the goal is for them to beat Shanghai. It's not Texas. <laughs> I was I was tweeting something uh, that uh, something mm -hmm. like uh, teasing a little bit Texas Giga Texas, saying hey we beat you to market, but it's actually not about that. It's it's for them. It's to beat Giga Shanghai in output and ramp and also in quality they told us that uh, elon told them quality before quantity that's the most important thing for them <laughs> that would be new for tesla uh, <laughs> maybe maybe for uh, to, to uh, fit with the german standards which leads me to my uh, last question we talked about that a little bit last time you were on the show but i think it's m one of the most interesting part about your perspective here is that uh, the impact that having Tesla build the cars in Germany and maybe broader Europe, but of course from a, from a German perspective here, um, do you feel that it's starting to to create more of a movement of like people being more interested in Tesla locally now that the cars are you can literally buy a German Tesla car now? Yes, completely, and I I think it's still the very early beginning. You know, uh, last year Tesla sold just 40,000 cars in Germany, the year before just 17,000, 
then 10, then 2 if you go further back. So uh, they really start from scratch. Tesla had always a hard time in Germany because Germans love German cars, which is also kind of natural, I would say. And now they are a German car maker. And that's that's just brilliant strategy from, from Elon here. And um, of course, Germans get, uh, start to get really excited. And uh, I think the demand is just going through the roof. Also, if we re regard the conflict uh, a little bit yeah, in, in Ukraine uh, mm -hmm. with Russia, that uh, is just accelerating the transition to electric cars. And uh, I think, um, yeah, I don't know how, what what your what your guess is how many cars they can build in Berlin this year, but um, you know the most sold car in Germany right now is still the Volkswagen Golf. They sold ninety one thousand units last year, they, and um, I think they can reach that with a Model Y next year. Next year, yeah, I think this I, year is still there's still going to be more Tesla vehicles sold in Germany from Shanghai and than from Berlin, I would think. Uh, I think for this year, unless they have a flawless ramp up in production there, but I always assumed the worst. I think I think it's safer. Uh, but next year, yeah, I think I think that with the Model Y alone, yeah, maybe. I mean, the Model Y has surprised me times and times again in ten of, ten of them. And right now, if you I just re reported today, if you if you look at the and maybe that's a good question too for you in Germany if you've been following that. But if you look at the backlogs of order in the U.S., uh, Model Three you can get pretty fast right now in the U.S. Uh, relatively fast within two to four months, depending on the version. Uh, the Model Y, though, if you want it in the U.S. right now, you, if you are not willing to go with the full self-driving and everything, you, you're gonna have to wait until next year. Uh, it's pretty wild. Have you been following that with the German configurator? If uh, uh, how long it takes right now to, to, to get a Model Y or a Model 3? Yeah, I mean, it, it, de it depends a little bit. The Model Y, I think the performance version just shifted to, to June right now. Mm -hmm. It was April yesterday, I think. Mm -hmm. Still, um, and, uh, but the, yeah, the wait times are getting longer and longer here. For the Model 3, um, they had to really raise the prices uh, like 6,000 euros in mm -hmm. uh, two weeks ago. And um, I, th I think they have really a demand problem, you know, but in the, in the good way. So um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that the price increases are... Um, already taking well they're gonna take into account also the higher nickel prices and stuff like that but i think it's mostly demand and mm -hmm. uh, model y is even if you look at the forty thousand cars units sold in germany last year there were only four thousand model y's four thousand four hundred to be exact mm -hmm. and uh so so we we start from scratch here and mm -hmm. uh I, I think uh we're gonna see a very high demand for that Okay. okay, maybe one other last question. Uh, how's the perspective, though, in Germany of Tesla's uh, full self-driving effort? Because I, I, I know that in Europe you have different uh, regulations so that uh, it's kind of what we call NERF in, in, in English, the, the version of, uh, uh, of full self-driving or the features that are included in full self-driving, which is or are often associated with autopilot features. Because uh, I I know that, that here that the perspective is changing for some people with the beta, but with the prospect of the beta being far out, and I think Elon said that it's coming in the next few months. But like the, this timeline, like if 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 it gets to Europe by the end of the year, I think you guys would be lucky. Uh, 
Yeah. So, because I just just right now, I've I've seen a story that came out where uh, a German court is for is forcing Tesla to reimburse uh, a Model Three owner who bought full self driving package, but has been uh, he said he's been tricked into buying it because it it doesn't do what Tesla said it would, which is a fair point at this point. So, how's the the perspective on the full self driving in Germany right now? I think most of the people think it's it's far out because of EU regulations mainly, and uh, yeah, it's it's really a pain point here in Germany because mm -hmm. for Tesla drivers because also autopilot uh, is is really not the same as in the US. It's much worse, unfortunately, mm -hmm. and uh, there are still some some features uh, recognition of speed signs or something which which doesn't work on the autobahn or it's just turned out it's switched off actually it's, it's it works i think it would work but they switched it off for some reasons and uh so there's a lot of um, people who would like to have some more love from tesla in terms of fsd or autopilot and um but the focus is the us and now canada but uh and we feel that here because we we don't get any updates for for that yeah, well, hopefully it's going to come sooner than later. But uh, next few months from Elon, I wouldn't trust. <laughs> it was it was kind of interesting. Elon said that um, in the U.S., by default, things are legal. And then in Europe, by default, things are illegal. And yeah. that's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, in regard to uh, full self-driving and, and yeah. autonomy in general. Yeah, that was quite a good summary, I think. <laughs> But uh, but it's a EU issue as well because they, mm. they don't uh, take care of this often enough. They just meet every six months and and it's it's just mm. stuff that that doesn't go fast enough. And um, so it, it's not even yeah. This this for change is not a German problem, I would say. Yeah. And <laughs> well, in Germany you have also strong uh, consumer protection laws. I think as like we like the story I just saw today that. Like, I mean, suing people is not new in the U.S. either. <laughs> it would it, it would happen, but the 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 ruling sound, sounded something like you wouldn't necessarily see in the U.S. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting. But your your perspective, your German perspective, is always appreciated, Dave. Dave, uh, David, thanks a lot for joining us late. I was also I know it's late in Germany, so we apologize for uh, bringing you out this no late. Yeah, we had, uh, we had uh, ourselves had to change the, the the time for the show this week. Uh, but uh, can we have you back on uh, next time there's big German news from Tesla? Of course, of course. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot, David. Have a good one. We'll let you go to sleep. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, jump into the, the comments real quick. I know we have fewer ones this week because of the show was later, but uh, do we have a few questions that we want to... Uh... Uh, oh, Seth, you're, you're muted. Seth, you're muted. You're muted. Yeah, we just have a few today. Um Let's see, going up here, uh, is there a future for hydrogen fuel cell vehicles? It's from Dan Skopich. Well, let's all, all respond uh, <laughs> separately. My question, my, my answer is no for the most part. Maybe some boats, maybe some plane in the future, but uh, in the future is always the, the thing with hydrogen. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think it's... You know, for the mainstream things, uh, batteries makes the most sense. But um, you know, for long-range uh, semis, there might be uh, something. For airplanes, there might be something. Boats, stuff like that. 
where you at on hydrogen, David? Yeah, I don't think it's gonna matter for for cars, and even for maybe semi trucks. I'm not sure about that. I think yeah. uh, there are some good ex uh, applications in the industry, steel production, for example. But um, yeah, not for transport. Yeah, I agree to you. Is that it for this week? We had. Uh... Yeah, I accidentally uh, deleted some of the the questions. So sorry about <laughs> that, everyone. All right. Well, that's it, everyone, for this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. Thanks for David for joining us. Thanks, Seth. Thanks, everyone who's been listening. Uh, if you uh, like the show, please give us a thumbs up. It helps with the algorithm for some reason. Uh, you can also leave a review for the show. We appreciate those, too. And we're going to see you same time, same place. Well, not same time, actually. We're going to go back to the, our regular 4 p.m. next week. Uh, Seth's going to be back in New York. But uh, that's it. Have a good one. Bye-bye.